welcome to episode 111. Welcome to the Champions League. Good to be back. Uh, we had a little bit of a break. Had about two weeks off, vacations, personal schedules. It's been hectic. But we're back today. You have myself. You have Bill. Oscar's uh, jet-lagged from coming back across the pond. And Kenny's still across the pond. And Jason had... Some personal matters to attend to, so you're stuck with the two of us. Bill, how are we? Not too bad. Champions League can't complain, right? That's true. We 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 did what we needed to do, and we uh, have a nice financial cushion now, about thirty eight million, I believe it is. Um, so can't complain. Um, today we have a lot to cover. We'll talk about uh, the Benfica 3 Dinamo Kiev game uh, today, just a few hours ago. We'll talk about the start of the season. What are we thinking? How are we feeling? Um, all wins so far under Roger Schmidt. Um, lots of goals, not too many conceded. Uh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about Champions League. We'll look at the pots, at least the preliminary pots of, of what we ex what we see today. They There could be one or two changes tomorrow, depending on who qualifies. Um, but we'll talk about that. And of course, if you have any questions, uh, comments, feedback, uh, let us know in the comments. Para a malta que nos esteja a ver em português, estejam à vontade de deixar os vossos comentários na caixa de comentários ou as vossas opiniões. Um, Nós os dois percebemos português, por isso uh, iremos abordar as vossas questões ou os vossos comentários. Um, hoje é o podcast em inglês, amanhã temos o podcast em português a partir das 21 horas, hora de Portugal. Mas estejam à vontade de participar aqui na nossa conversa e, claro, não se esqueçam de partilhar aqui este nosso direto para ver se chegamos a mais uh, benfiquistas. For those of you in English, uh, if you could, give us a share, give us a like, um, so we can grow our audience a little bit more. Um, before we start, um, John de Cruz, good evening, John. Tiago, uma boa noite para ti. Jason is tuning in. He's not available to join us, but he is listening. So I want to see your comments and thoughts in the chat. An old McDonald's jersey, he says. That is a throwback for those of you that aren't watching throwback. or listening. He's got the old yellow uh, Telesel jersey on. Um, I had one with Nuno Gomes on the back, but I donated it many years ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not part of my current collection anymore. Uh, so Benfica 3, Dinamo Kiev nil. Um, we brought a 2-0 victory with us from Poland. Uh, starting 11. I mean, no surprises, right? I mean, he's not changing anything really. Some people complain about that. Some people do not. We'll get into that. Uh, Vlacodim was in the back, Gilberto Otamendi, Morato, Grimaldo, Florentino, Enzo in the middle, João Mario, Rafa, Neres, and then Gonzalo Ramos up top. Uh, a game where we crushed it in the first half. Uh, I think we all expected second half to be the same. Um, we didn't score any goals in the second half, but I thought overall it was a solid performance. Uh, I'll start. I guess I'll hand it over to you before I give my thoughts and we can just kind of go back and forth. Bill, what were your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I mean, the lineup I don't think is was any surprise. I think um, it's clear that this is his, uh, Rogers 11. Um, we'll tweak it as needed going forward. But I think with the, they had essentially a week off, um, it was no surprise that he didn't make any, in my opinion, that he didn't make any kind of rotations. My only thing is, I said in the group chat, I, I probably would have made a few changes earlier uh, in the second half. But, I mean, he made... I think it was like the 70th minute mark he made two or three 
Um, so yep. he rotated the guys in, but I mean that that first half that might have been the best forty five minutes we've seen um, so far this year. Uh, they, I mean, it was complete domination, controlled the game, um, turned it when they had to, but otherwise it was. I don't think Kiev, uh, I don't think Kiev got anywhere near our goal in that first half. We literally just dominated, controlled it. Um, they didn't like force anything, um, which I, I said in the group chat, it was like 20th minute mark. And I was like, we need to find one with like, we're dominating right now. We can't waste this kind of play. Um, yeah. but they stuck to, to the game plan and, and controlled it, took their time. And then uh, once the first one went in, that was it. I mean, the floodgates opened after that first goal and um, two more. I mean, one of them was their mistake. Uh, yep. We took advantage of it, and then that was it. I think once we got that second goal, the, the tie was officially done. I don't think they had any shot once we got those early goals. Yeah, I think the first goal, I think I told you in a, in the chat between the two of us earlier in the day, right? Like once we score, if we score first, like not that there was any, I mean, with respect for, for Dinamo, obviously, but I don't think there was, I don't think anyone really doubted that we were going to progress. And I think that even Dinamo would have, you know, thought it was going to be extremely difficult and known it was going to be extremely difficult. And I think that first goal was essentially like, you know, the coffin was closed. It was just a matter of putting the nail in it. And and I think that first goal, if there was any imagination of a hope for their players, right? I think that first goal clearly killed it. And And you mentioned the first half. I have the stats here up from goal point. I like their comment. It says here, o primeiro gol tardou, mas a partir daí soltou o ketchup. <laughs> um, uh, 45 minutes, you know, if you get 11 shots, five on net. Dinamo had one shot. Uh, it wasn't on net. I don't even remember what shot that was, to be honest yeah, with you. I don't either. Um, 89% pass efficiency. We had six corners against none. Uh, we had 14 actions in Dinamo's uh, box. They had three in our box, four fouls committed, five for Dinamo, and 59% possession versus 41. Um, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a, a suffocating first half, right? And, and again, you can see that first goal, and then the second goal is a gift, right? And if anything, it just completely shatters um, the team. But I'm going to ask you is, and you touched on it briefly, is, there's been there's been some criticism of the fact that he's not rotating the squad more, right? And and as we said, right, they had a week. They had they postponed uh, the weekend game against Pasfreda. They asked for it to be postponed. Pasfreda agreed to it. So right, so they had a, a week essentially in between games, right? So you would imagine that there was no tired legs uh, for today's game. Uh, and and Roger Schmidt said it in the press conference right this this isn't over yet right and and that's one thing that i admire from him is kind of the the humbleness and the professionalism whether he believes that or not is indifferent right um but he just seems very you know level-headed down to earth um and i guess what's your take on the fact that he isn't rotating a little bit more right the fact that maybe a boss not coming in for gilberto periodically or more frequently maybe you know today would have been an opportunity to get a Weigel in and, and give enzo or give florentino a break or even give enzo a break right do you do you see it as a negative or do you see it as a positive and the other side of it is people saying you know 
it's early in the season, right? Like let's continue to build the consistency with the consistent squad, start to continue to build routines. Um, but you know, obviously there's always two sides of an opinion and, you know, some see it as, you know, it's going to be a, a long season. Let's, let's give some breaks now. Uh, others say, let's not give breaks and build that fluidity and that understanding now before it's too late. How, how do you look at it? Yeah. And it, I mean, in a game like this, right. Coming home with the, the two zero win there, like the, the tie's not over, right? Like if, Dinamo come, come and they score early in the first half. Like it's wide open still. Like I, I agree with keeping your your strongest eleven out there, ending it in the first half was essentially what we did, um, and then giving the opportunity to rotate. It's, for me, I think it's too early to be doing these like rotations in, in games every week, right? Like I think you it you still want to build on what they did in, in preseason, right? This is a new coach, a few new players. Like, they're still not clicking at a hundred percent, right? Like there's still a few things that any manager will want to change from week to week, but I don't think it's, it's at the point yet where we have to worry about tired legs. Um, especially, I mean, this game, they had a week off. Like there was no, for me, there was no reason why you should be rotating the squad when you had a week off. Uh, between games yes we're going to get to the point where we're playing every three days and at that point we're going to have to it's going to you're going to get to the point where guys are going to get tired you're going to have heavy legs you don't want to burn out a squad uh too early um so you're going to have to rotate but i i don't think we're at that point yet i think but do you think playing it right like I get not rotating. And again i'm I'm playing devil's advocate here right not necessarily of this opinion but do you think Right, like a guy like uh, Petar Musa, right? A, a guy like Yaremchuk, a guy like Ba, right? These guys coming in 70th minute, 75th minute, right? Do you think it's, right? And we all played, right? Obviously not at the professional level, at the amateur level, college level. But like, do you think it's harder for those guys to build that cohesion and that fluidity for 20 minutes at the end of a game when, you know, the core of that squad already is maybe tired or is already of the mindset of, you know, let's just see this game out, right? Like, whereas, you know, if you start a bot today, right. And obviously maybe not Bob because Brazil sent people over to see Gilberto and David Neres, right. So it kind of would be a, a kick in the nuts for Gilberto if they didn't start him today, but just as an example, right. Or if you start a, a Yaram Shuk or you start a Enrique Araujo in a game like this and give Gonzalo Ramos a break, right. He's one of the guys that runs the most in the squad, right. So maybe, okay, we're up to zero. Let's give him a break. If we need him, we can throw him in the second half. Right. And, and it allows those guys to build that fluidity and that understanding when the rest of the team is fresh right? Where the mindset is, let's go for it. Opposed to they come in when the mindset more often than not is let's see it out. Let's, let's play safe. Right. And obviously Benfica doesn't sit back under Roger Schmidt, but like, do you think there's a benefit there of the guys coming off the bench, being able to build that mindset with fresher legs opposed to in the 70th minute? Yeah. I mean, you can definitely see that side of the argument, right? Like when you're coming on in the 70th minute, at any point, when you come in on a sub, it's very hard for you to come into the game and have an impact right away, right? Yeah. There's, t- there's there's some time that takes for you to kind of build into the game. Very rarely do you see a sub come on and kind of come right into the game 
and it, it looks like he's playing the entire time. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to hinder their chemistry with the players that are out there. But, again, when it comes down to it and it's freaking checking time and hardest game of the season come up, who's going to be out there? We're not going to have Yadam Chuk up top the way it's looking. Right? Ramos looks like the, the striker to play up top. Do you want those players in form, like the chemistry between the start, like your preferred 11 at a max, ready to go. And when those games come, they're ready to go. And, and you don't have to kind of worry about, well, this guy needs to play a little bit because he needs to build chemistry because we might need him. Like, yeah, you might, but you might not. Right? We could go through a season where hopefully, knock on wood, we don't have any major injuries and we have to backfill guys, right? Right. Well, hopefully we're going through the season where for the majority of the games, these are this 11 is our 11 going out every week. Yeah, no. I, and again, I, I see both sides of the argument. Um, I know that I had mentioned it like in preseason, right? Where Yadam Chuk was coming in, in the second half of some of those preseason games and, and the team entirely was rotated. Right. So it's like, you're playing with kind of that second line, of yeah. players, um, which kind of ties into to Dave's comment. And Dave, uh, shout out to you. Thanks for checking us out. Is there a significant quality drop from uh, the bench, from their bench? Um, right. And I, and I think there is clearly, um, which kind of ties into my argument, right? Like when you're coming in as a sub, right? Not so much now, but more in preseason, right? Where you're rotating five, six, seven guys. Um, but then again, I think it adds more value to those other guys that are going to be regulars, right? Your Yadam Chuks, your Vigels for if, you know, he stays, um, your Alexander Ba, right? Like not counting the Shikinus and the Diogos, right? Those guys are going to be fringe players, players that come in for garbage time or when you try to mix up the team. But I think it just adds more to the argument of like, you know, the quality is significantly different, right? And if when you're getting your 20 minutes, it's with maybe a little bit lesser quality around you and in cleanup time at the end of the game, right? Like it makes it difficult, but I mean, do you agree with, or I guess, how would you answer Dave's question here? I think the answer is unanimous here in terms of the quality drop off. Oh yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, look at the guys that came in. You, yeah. You're looking at the bench, right? There's, I think there's a handful of players that you could, you could say, yeah, these guys could probably start, Right and fill in and and give you quality minutes, but uh, I mean you have Eigel, Yadam Chuck, Ba. We've seen very good glimpses of him in Arujo, right? Other than that, you're looking at it. I mean, Vangen, Diogo scored the worldy. I mean, he the, the thing is with him, he does. He'll score unbelievable goals from time yeah. to time, but he's not but consistent. It's the, it's the exactly it's the consistency. Uh, I, there is a there is a drop off from the bench. I mean, unless you're like City and like Real and Bayern, like typically have a drop off from the quality of of your eleven starting eleven to, to your bench. Um, so it's not. I mean, that's not anything new. But yeah, I, I think especially with the new manager, right? He he's gonna he wants to find his squad, and looks like he's found his preferred eleven, right? And he's and it's on him to pick and choose when to make rotations. But I, I just, again, I, I just think it's too early to be criticizing the fact that we haven't rotated the squads yet. Like, I, 
and and I'm one that had called, I think it was two games ago for the, the league for Ba to start because we've seen glimpses of when Ba comes in. He's been impactful from time to time. Um, but again, this I think it's too early to be to be asking for one or two changes in the eleven every game. Like I just I don't think it makes sense. I think at this point of the season, we he needs to build the chemistry with the strong eleven. Um, and going forward, that's the, those are the players you want kind of playing well together. Um, so when we get into the to the tough part of the schedule, then. You know, we have those players ready to go. And, yeah, it, it sucks for the guys on the bench because they're getting garbage time minutes. But, I mean, unfortunately, that's kind of the deal when you're on the bench, right? You're not – when you come Correct. in, it sucks, but you have to – the time you get is the time you, you're going to get to prove your worth and kind of show the manager, hey, I'm here, I'm ready, whenever you need me, kind of I'm, I'm here to perform. But I think that's the important piece, right, is like having that – positive vibe in the locker room right and i i don't know for anyone who watched the game on 11 sports um as the team came out for warm-ups they were saying how even the players that were not in the starting 11 were in good spirits you know they were joking around with the players that were in the starting 11 shikinu even joked around and tried to run in with the group that was in the starting 11 to warm up right so like you said right like even though you're not a starter it's important to know what your role is and and keep that positive mindset because if not it can unravel quickly right looking at the squad i think everyone on the bench knows their role maybe like a yadam chuk could get frustrated right because you know he's he's a big status when it comes to international football with ukraine um you know he came with a high expectation but unfortunately for him gonzalo ramos is you know on a good in a good form right now right but at, on the other side of that it should give him that extra motivation, right? That competitiveness, which we're seeing with Gilberto and Ba, right? Gilberto spoke about it last game, right? Like Ba's a great player. You know, he pushes me more. I push him more, right? And we haven't had that in a long time of having various positions where there's good quality on the field and off the field. And it again, it forces you like, I can't have a slip up. I can't have a bad game because I know at any moment there's a guy behind me that's going to come in, right? guy like Grimaldo for years right he hasn't really had any competitiveness there right so he could have a good game he could have a bad game but he knew he was always going to start right and I think we're starting to see yep. now that that's not going to be the case going forward obviously you can't have that across all positions right because we're not a Manchester City or we're not a PSG um, but having that depth in certain areas I think is important I just want to touch on a couple comments here Dave said they'll have to play in the next two months. There's a compressed group stage scheduled due to the World Cup. Tasa League is also November during the World Cup. Maybe they can hold out until then. I do think that Benfica will sign, you know, another two or three guys, Dave. I know that the Norwegian player from Fire Nord was in the stadium today. There was pictures of him in the press box uh, or one of the, the uh, uh, I don't know, one of the suites, if, however you want to call it. Uh, he was there. Arnis, I think is his name. I have to figure out how to, how to pronounce his name, right? So that's a midfielder that's going to give us some significant help. Um, I know that the rumor is that we're going to sign one or two more players. There's talk about Oriano from Vela Sarsfield, young player, not to be a starter, but a young player with a high ceiling that could potentially be another player to add to the bench and give us some, some depth there. And then, you know, Ricardo Huerta, um, you know, Dave says, and as, as an outsider, I'm curious to see how this plays out. And, and Dave, I'll actually have a question for you in a little bit about Braga. Um, 
Justin uh, Portela says here, does Ricardo Arta have a starting spot on this team right now, right? And looking at how we played today, right, that w could be one of our better performances all around this season, right? But when you look at the starting 11 right here, right, which is, it seems to be our core, right? Obviously, maybe Morato Atamendi changed depending on how the season plays out. Lucas Verissimo is even formed. But looking at how this formation is, or the starting 11 is today, and curious what you guys in the chat think. Um, does Ricardo Huerta have a spot in the starting 11? And if I look at it, I'm immediately going straight to João Mario's spot. But, and I had in my notes here for us to discuss, and, and we're going to jump around here because there's only two of us, right? So add a little bit of dynamic here and, and we'll take on your questions as they come through and we'll jump around. But I immediately think João Mario's spot, right? But, given how he started the season, he started off extremely well. And it's funny because last season, he, towards the end, he was like not even an option. I mean, we talked about it various times where he was on the bench. And he didn't even come in, right? I mean, there were some changes. There were some subs that like Paulo Bernardo came in, uh, Tarat came in, right? And like you guys, Joao Mario sitting on the bench and he didn't come in, right? So like he went from not being an option to all of a sudden playing, you know, extremely well again it's early in the season but from my perspective that's the position that i immediately look at because Neres isn't coming out rafa's not coming out right so he's really the one that stands out do you see like i i'm assuming you're gonna agree with me because i don't see where else you pick out someone but even with jomari do you think that ricardo arte comes in and and let's put aside right like he needs to you know earn his spot etc cetera, etc cetera, right like if it's day one, you're given this lineup and Ricardo Huerta's in it, does he go into your starting 11? Who do you take out? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we've said it on here multiple times like that. Jean Wadi in that, well, what looks on paper like the number 10 spot, but he isn't number 10 because Rafa is pinched in playing in that in that role. Um, but I, I I don't the way Jean Wadi's playing right now, I don't see Huerta fitting in or taking this spot, right? I think Jean Mario offers you, I think Orta offers more forward, but I think Jean Mario offers you more um, kind of defensively winning the ball back. He's more of a box to box than uh, Orta is. Orta is, he's going to give you more going forward, but I think we have with Rafa and Ners, I think they give us plenty going forward. Ramos is playing, playing well. I think Jean Mario offers that cover because essentially Lugia and Rafa roam around the field and kind of do whatever he wants uh, positionally. And Jean Mario is covering that left flank a lot. Uh, and I don't, I mean, I think that is what is making this kind of this system work. And, and when we go forward, we're very deadly because Rafa and Neves have that freedom to kind of cut in, make the runs they want to make, and they don't have to really have to worry about the position kind of having to get back, right? They don't have to worry about that defensive rate as much because they have the cover of body floating and Enzo. But do you think that if, if an Arta comes in, that Rafa then gets pushed out wide, right? And now you have two speed demons on the wings opposed to Rafa operating more in a central role because let's be honest, right? Like he's probably of the two between Jean Mario and Rafa, and in a team that transitions quickly, right? 
when you're when you're coming out from your back, you want Rafa to be carrying the ball up the pitch. You want to be Nez to be carrying the ball up the pitch, opposed to you know Joao Mario, because sure he can pick a pass, but he lacks that uh, aggressiveness. He doesn't have the speed, right? He doesn't have that ability to just go at defenders. But I'm assuming that if an, Ricardo Arte does come in, I'm going to assume Rafa goes out wide again, and Ricardo Huerta gives you the ability to play across any of those three positions in the front, right? Like he can play on the right, he can play on the left, he can play in the middle. Can João Mario play across the three? Yeah. Is he going to be as efficient across the three? Probably not, right? And it's interesting to see that a player of his pace is capable of being so productive out there. And I know he played there for Sporting with George Jesus. Um, but I think it's it's kudos to the manager and, and the staff, right, to be able to figure out, like, who the hell would have thought, like, let's play Rafa as a central position as a number 10, and we'll play, you know, of three that are playing across the front, the slowest one on the wing, right, yeah. and, like, interchanging positions. So, I mean, kudos to them. But I do think that if Ricardo Duarte does come in, I think it's a similar situation with, like, what we talked about with Ba, where – over time, I think he eventually ends up being a regular, maybe not so much at the start, but I think with him coming in, it, it potentially changes the formation. I'd be surprised if he played Ricardo Duarte out wide and kept Rafa central, right? I don't know what's going through their mind, but that's a potential. I know that Tiago says here, Falantombein Ludovic Blas. He's a number 10 from, I believe it's Nantes um, in Liga. That's another young player that. Uh, they've rumored um, today as a potential target for Benfica. Um, again, there's there's a week left. Uh, there's going to be a lot of rumors. There's going to be a lot of speculation. I think the fact that Benfica um, confirmed their place among Europe's elite today, and um, you know that paycheck that we get, not just from yeah, Tiago says from Nens. That's what I thought. Um, not just from making it into the Champions League, but then you have you know, ticketing, you have TV broadcasting money, you have, if you win, right. So there's, there's a lot that plays into this. I think that there's going to be another two or three signings before the end of the season or before the end of the transfer window, naturally, because right. We have that cushion um, from a financial perspective. Let me just, before we do MVPs of this game, SLBES, welcome back. Um, he says, I wouldn't say that João Mario has a spot secured. Um, I would say, and and again, I'm going to go off on a tangent here. If you look at this 11 here, Bill, I would be willing to say that there are maybe half of these players have their spots secured. I would say a David Neres, a Rafa, an Enzo, Grimaldo, and probably Vlaco Dimos. And I say that because, right, Ba at any point can jump into Gilberto's spot. Um, Florentino now has contention with that Norwegian player, uh, Weigel, if he stays, um, Gonzalo Ramos, yes, he's, he's in good form, but at any point in time, he's has a Yaramchuk on the bench. He has a Enrique Araujo on the bench. Um, Morato Notamendi, again, we've talked about, right? We have Verissimo, we have Jean Vitor, right? Guys like Rafa Neres, we don't have a substitute for them at that level. Grimaldo, we ha still haven't seen Ristich. Um, Right, so I think I would I would say that half of this squad or five or six have a spot secured. Do you see it differently? 
Uh, no, I think it's about right. I mean, like I'm a few guys are saying Otamendi. I, I agree with that. I think Otamendi is one of the first easy names right on your team sheet first off the bat. Like, I think he's the heart of the defense. He brings the intensity that I don't think anyone else um, on the team brings. Um, Mata's been playing well, but we do have other options. Uh, but I agree. I agree. I think Ners, Rafa, Enzo, Grimaldo. I mean, Vlaco Dimos has been playing well, but there's you keep hearing those rumors of Ron. Um, yeah, he might leave. What, what's that guy? Some guy from the German league, I think. I can't remember his name now. But there's rumors of Roger wanting uh, another keeper. Oh. I, I think, I think for me, Otamendi's been playing well. I don't see why you would want to. No, I agree. Bring in another keeper unless it's for depth, right? Unless you're going to get rid of Helton. Uh, or yeah, late. Uh, I, I don't see why you would bring in another keeper. Yeah, I mean, the, again, there's rumors. Lester's another one that's been rumored to be after him. I, I think saw that if the, you too. Yeah, I saw Manuel recently. I think that if the money's right, I think they'll pull the trigger. And I think that they have someone on the back burner, knowing that they could, you know, for a decent price, they'll be able to to get them. Uh, I know that they talked about the guy in Turkey. I can't remember what team he's on. Um, quickly, some of these comments. Uh, Sheikh Marcelino says, Arta is not a significant upgrade to Joe Mario. It all depends on how much he will cost. I mean, in terms of cost, it sounds like 15 million plus someone else is, is what keeps coming up in the, in the press. Time will tell. Uh, we play three attacking midfielders and wingers, whatever you call it, but we don't have any bench. That's from SLBES. Mark Correa. Ricardo Arta seems to me just another case of us wanting a guy that was formado no Benfica. And don't get me wrong, he's good, but if it ain't broke, don't fit, don't fuck with it. I 100 um, agree with that last piece. That's true. Right and I now, was just gonna ask, like, even if he comes, right? If he comes and we get him in, like, why try to like all of a sudden change the formation and change things up just to fit him in, right? Like, shit's not broken. It's fucking working. Like. We're playing. I get well. that, but like we don't know that they're going to change the formation, right? Like, right. But we just. But we're. I'm like, imagining we're that they're and... having conversations in the background of like, if we get him, he's plug and play here, right? But again, right. like a new player that didn't have preseason, right, could potentially break that cohesion and, and that fluidity, right? Like we again, saw it. we saw it with Weigel. Oh, correct. And we don't know. Yeah, that's the rumor. But again, we don't know how yeah. that plays out, right? And that can happen with anyone. But I do yeah. get get that right like if it's not broken don't fix it right but i don't i see i agree with with mark and saying right he's a player from the seychelles he's he's a player from our youth and it would be good to have him back and again us benfica fans are so passionate about our youth and having our, our youth players in our in our squad um and i get it but again if it doesn't fit right then it doesn't fit um, do I think Ricardo Arte would be a good addition to this squad? Of course, right? Like, even if he's not a starter straight away, he gives us incredible depth. The guy that's proven in the Portuguese league, um, you know, I think he's only 27 or 28, uh, right? And he, he understands the league. He understands the club and the expectations. So I think there's obviously a lot of uh, benefit there. But I agree, right? Like, if it's not broken, don't fix it. But I think it's more of the sense of, like, we then just add to that depth that we continue to look for. Um, and that many people have commented here in the chat. Um, who do we have that can replace any of those three without losing quality? Again, right? Like right now, we don't have good depth. We don't have quality wingers that could even get close 
to a Rafa or the Vidnevs, right? Like that's the reality of it. Um, are we going to be able to get someone that's close to that quality? Probably not, right? Like it's going to cost you a little bit, right? Um, Jay says Rafa played that ten position before, and I didn't, and it didn't work. Pretty sure of that. Um, he may have played there a few times with, with George Zeus, if I'm not mistaken. And again, but like it all comes down to the system, right? Like if that system doesn't right. fit you playing, right? Like Rafa's not a guy, um, you know, he's clumsy with his feet, right? His decision making is not good, right? And just think about the positions that he gets himself into, a lot of them on his own. And then his decision is terrible, right? Like today, today, five minutes thing, in, he, six, six yards out, he could shoot and he passes it like, what the hell were you thinking? Right. But that's what you get with him, right? Like he'll pull a rabbit out of a hat and then he'll completely leave you dumbfounded as what the hell he decided to do. Um, SLBS is also nobody on the bench to replace Enzo. Currently we have Weigel and now the Norwegian kids are an Arnis. Um, you know, he seems to be more of an Enzo type player than necessarily a Tino. Um, but he looks to be capable of playing a six and an eight. So, and he has a, an incredible motor, um, you know, his, his stamina and his ability to just get up and down the field is, is incredible from what I've seen. Obviously, everyone looks good on YouTube. Uh, you know, Roberto looks good on YouTube um, and the list goes on. Of, of, <laughs> on YouTube. Who looks good on YouTube? But um, yeah, he looks I think with him now, I think we have a good replacement for Enzo or Tino. Do we have one for both? Again, Weigel's most likely going to leave. So so that's a good shout there. Um, Jay says, I'd say Arthur takes your Mario spot eventually. I don't disagree with that. Uh, Ivo Pino, uh, thanks for checking us out. He says the keeper is Kovacevic from Rakow in Pol Poland. That's what it is. I think he was okay. voted like best goalkeeper in the league last season. And I think he's Turkish international, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. Um, Justin says, uh, SLBS says NOD cannot leave. He needs to stay. It would be good, right, to have a keeper that knows the system and not change it, you know, in the season. Justin Portella says, do you think Befica made the right decision by selling Jota considering his form in the Scottish League and out uh, our lack of wingers? Before you answer that question, let's close this off here and give me your MVP for today. Um, it was Otamendi got voted on this stuff, right? Yeah, I mean, I think, at 8.6. Yeah, I mean, I think he played well, really well. I think those are the easy ones. I thought I'm going to give it to Grimaldo. I think Grimaldo played unbelievable today. Um, this season, I'm actually a little surprised of how well he's been playing this season, especially coming off of all the kind of drama at the end of last season, all the rumors in the off season. Um, he's come in, hasn't said much, just worked his tail off, um, showing everyone that he, I mean, he is our best left back. For better or worse, I mean, we don't, we don't really have any other options, but... <laughs> well, we have one. Is. We just haven't seen him yet. Yeah, we haven't seen him yet. I mean, we saw today that free kick. He's deadly from set pieces, uh, so I'll give it to, to Grimaldo. Okay. I'm going to go with David Neres. I mean, we talked about it earlier. Um, he just brings a completely different dynamic. He, he's like that guy that, you know, a lot of players that you know, are, are flashy and technical sometimes aren't able to translate that into professional football because again, they're too flashy or they're too technical. Right. And they just they try to do too much. It. Correct. No. And it just, he seems like a good mix of both, right? Like he's, he's confident. Um, you know, he's quick, he's got good feet. 
Um, you know, he had a couple of moments today and he did it last week as well, where like he's got the ball on his right foot and everyone knows he's left footed, but like he still is able to get that ball onto his left and completely leaves them dumbfounded, right? Like it's, he's got a left foot, but he's just so tricky and he can go to go to the end line with his right. He can cut in with his left and it just makes it incredibly difficult to defend, right? A two footed player that's comfortable going on both sides. But then when you add the speed and his technical ability, like, you know, Jesus take the wheel. I don't know what the hell you're going to do. It's basically a guessing game at that point. Like which way is he going to go? And I'm just going to, I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess, right. I'm going to go right. If he goes right, great. If he goes left, I'm going to look like an asshole, but it is what it is. The way uh, he so- plays, the way he plays, this is give a lot of Benfica fans a little chubbies, but the way this guy plays reminds me of like a guy done, right? Like an Adi, yeah. Adi Maria, like the way he plays, it's just, it's so fluid with him. It, you have no clue which way he's gonna go. He's not afraid to try things. Like, you know, I mean, it's. I mean, it's, I think Mark Correa brought up the the bike, right? Like, how many guys would have tried to take that touch and pull the bike? Like, I don't know. A lot of them on the team, right? Most of the guys yeah. would probably try to settle it and look for a layoff back to get a clear shot. No, this guy takes that touch. It's a heavy touch, but it brings it up, and it, he just, you know what? I'm going for it. And that would have been a sweet it's, goal. It's, Oh yeah, it's great to watch. I mean, he's that first preseason game was rough, and I mean, he, he had some rust. He was off for a while, but it looks like he's he's kind of back into his old form, and he's got all the confidence in the world. Unfortunately, I think he's going to be one of those that's not with us for very long. Um, all right, so we close out this Dinamo game. Let me just run through these comments. There's a lot of them in here. So, um, SLBS is we're not getting a better keeper that we could afford. Um, Jota and Gonzalo are at the same level. He would tear it up in Scotland as well. Got to go, guys. But last thought, Ned's bicycle kick take was almost orgasmic. Crack. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, Mark. Um, Luis, it's late over there. Carrega Benfica had a gig at uh, nine, so I couldn't watch the game, but I liked the highlights and the goals and couldn't go to sleep before celebrating here with you guys. Somos enormes. Um abrazo para ti, Luis. Red Baron and Ivo corrected me. Kovacevic is Bosnian. Yes, I remember seeing the highlights of him in the Bosnian national team. I stand corrected. Bosnian. I don't know why I said Turkey. Maybe we were linked with another goalie in the Turkish league, I want to say. Um, let's see. What else do we got here? Jason says Nez is the MVP. Uh, SLBS, here's a hot take. Vunsalves is at the same level as Jota. And we'll take that up in this conversation. Ned says, Shiku uh, says, Shiku Marcelino says, Ned reminds me of Pavarsky. SLBES says, Ned will solve you. <laughs> I mean, you, it's Ned is early, so for me, it's like that's a hard take because they're both they were both great, but for me, it's it's Salvio. I mean, it, really? just the, I mean, Salvio yeah, did I mean, it for longer, right? But that's I, the thing, like, and like. He like when he came, like he embraced the club, like his whole yeah. Like he loved being. But don't look at that. Like, look at just like skill. I think well, they're two different hard. players. It's it's hard to do it. Like when you when you say right when you go this yeah. player this player, you always like yeah. you think of the player that's been every weekend. You're like, damn, that, this guy was here longer. Like loved the club, did it all. Like and he went through all those like breaking his arm and before like winning the league, breaking his leg. Like he went through a lot of shit. I mean, yeah, skill wise. Yeah, I think Neres is a better player, but yeah, take everything into account. I think, but I think, think Salvio is going to give you more on and off the ball than Neres will. Yeah. 
oh, he's going to defend. Yeah. He's going to fucking get stuck yep. in. Um, Sheik Mersin says Salvi was a goal scorer winger. He was. Um, again, they're two for me. They're two different Very, players. Yeah. If I had to choose between the two, I would probably have to pick Salvi just because he gives you more on both sides of the ball. Um, yeah. But I think overall, Nettis is a better player. I would say. Yeah. Um, and Red Baron says uh, Kakir is the Turkish goalkeeper. I knew I wasn't going crazy. I knew there was a guy that we were, or there was rumors of yeah. um, in Turkey. So uh, I'm going to give you this question just because, again, there's only two of us and we have an agenda, but we're going to rip that agenda up and we're going to give the people what they want and answer their questions because that's what they're here for. Um, Justin Portela says, do you think Befica made the right decision by selling Jota considering his form in the Scottish League and our lack of wingers? What do you think about that? Would I have liked to see him stay? Yes. Right. I, I think I said it at the end of last season, I think Jota was one of those players that I, I said, I think he should stay, go through the preseason. He, I think what he did last year at Celtic, like he deserved the opportunity to stay and fight for a spot. Do I think he would have been a starter? Starter? No. Do I think he could have been the depth off the bench? Potentially. But I also take what he did in the Scottish League with a grain of salt. Like it's the Scottish League, yeah, right. And, like, and, yeah, exactly. outside of outside of Celtic and Rangers, like, do you know any other fucking teams? I know a few, like Hibernian right. and Hearts, like, yeah, Marnock or something, right? But like again, you they don't do know anything. any players like, from those teams. Yeah, that's the thing, like. The, the drop-off from those two teams to everyone else is massive. Like, whoever wins the Scottish League and second, comes to second place are, like, miles ahead of everyone else. Like, the only time you're typically going to drop points is when Celtic and Rangers play each other and there's the potential to drop points. Outside of that, like, it, it's – I mean, our friends use this term all the time, a farmer's league. Like, it's it is not – like – it's not a competitive league, so you have to take what he's doing with a grain of salt. Would I have liked to see him stay? Yeah, I think he he, he went on out on loan. He showed what he could do. He played well, performed. I think he deserved the opportunity to stay for the preseason, fight for a spot. If it didn't work out, then he could have sold him, put him on loan, whatever. But again, getting $7.5 for a guy that never really – Performed here, I think yeah. it's not a bad deal. But I mean, he didn't have he didn't have many legitimate chances either. Right. I mean, let's be honest with that. Um, it's tough, right? And Red Baron says Scottish League fits him. He's, I'm not a big fan of him. SLBS says Jato wouldn't have been a starter. He's a big fish, fish in a little pond. Um, and we kept his you know 25 percent on a future sale of his. Right. So I think it was 6.5 million euros or, or whatever the case may be. Um, and I agree with you, right? Like, again, like, let's let's turn this question on its head, right? Like, let's say Jota is not a player from the Seychelles, or like, is anyone even having this conversation? Probably not, right? And I think, you know, I think I don't think his stats from last year were like crazy. I think we looked it up. Like he he played well for like a good couple, but months, he didn't get like. I think like his average, when you averaged out all the minutes played, it was like 15 or 20 minutes total. Right. And he didn't always play that many minutes successively or um, successively. 
yeah successfully i think i'm using that word correctly um but again i i don't think that we have this conversation if he's not a seychelles player i really don't like for me i think he looked good in certain phases of or many phases of you know the lower levels but as we've seen right like the lower levels and the 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 you know the a team are completely different and and i i hope i'm wrong for you know for his sake right because it would be good to have another player portuguese player um to be successful outside of the country and and to be able to kind of carry that torch but i i think he's going to be one of those players where you know he fits in in a uh you know a scottish league he fits in you know maybe on you know a mid table team uh in you know the netherlands um but i i don't i honestly don't see him being that top player that maybe a lot of benfica fans think he can be because of what he's doing today at celtic i really don't see it again i'm not a professional scout I don't watch his practices. I don't watch the Scottish league, right? I'm just going off of highlights and things that I see that he's doing there. But I, I honestly am strongly of the opinion that I don't think he will be more than just another average player. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? I would love to be in his shoes and be an average player playing and, you know, whatever professional league it is and making decent money. But I don't, I don't, I personally don't see it. And again, it's not a knock to him. Um, but that's, and again, I could be wrong. Hopefully I am. Jay says, uh, for a 21 year old who went to a different country, gained a spot in the starting 11 and balled out. He's still a kid. He is still a kid. Right. And he still has got a lot to learn. It's just a matter of, you know, is he going to be able to turn that into something bigger on a different level? Right. Because I get that Celtic park is, you know, a daunting place to play, but he's on the home side. Right. Um, you know, when you start to put on a jersey of another team that's going to be a little bit more weight, a little bit more expectation, right? Celtics always going to be battling for the top two spots, right? For the most part, right? I think it just brings a different responsibility, different weight. Again, he's young. Like Jay says, he's 21. So, there, you know, he's got a huge um, opportunity to grow. Time will tell. I mean, again, he's still got plenty of time to come back if he really flourishes. So <laughs> we'll see. Um, I think it's fair to say he also accepted a new contract to stay there. He didn't want to go back to SLB. Yeah. I mean, Benfica could have also offered, I think if Benfica offered him an opportunity to stay, I think he would have stayed yeah. right. And at least some assurance that he was going to play, but clearly that wasn't the case. Right. So in his shoes, I think he did the right thing. He's 21 years old. He's got to play, right. He needs to play regularly if he wants to improve and, you know, at Celtic, a world renowned club, um, gives him that opportunity to be a regular and fortunately for him in uh you know he's he's doing well that's only going to be a benefit to him right and the fact that we have 25 percent buyback or 25 percent on his next purchase right it's a win-win for both of us i think um this is the first successful loan in a subpar league yes he was on loan and now he's gone for good um he deserved the chance jay says he deserved the chance to play for a spot we w we wouldn't be going after arte because i think jota was ready to take another step like tino tino came back and earned a spot on the 11 now jota probably wouldn't start if he would be on shomadius tail i saw you shaking your head i don't i don't agree with that i, I don't agree i think we like we wouldn't be those on our list no matter what like it doesn't matter who was coming yeah. back from loans i i, I think arte was 
a player that we had on our list from the start. I mean, the rumors of us negotiating with Ortec started at the fucking beginning of the transfer window, or even before yeah. it. It's just yeah, fucking, last season. The way it's played out, it's just been unreal. But I, I don't agree with that. I think the plan, I think, was has always been Horta is on the list. Go after him. Try to get him. Um, but I do agree with the beginning. I think he, what he did last year, I think he should have stayed, at least for the preseason, and then they could have figured it out. But the fact that he's not here, I'm not I'm not complaining about it. And I, I agree with what you had said today about if this wasn't a player from the Seychelles, would we be talking about this? No. I, mean, I don't think so. Us as Benfica fans, we, like we love the Seychelles, right? Any kid coming through, we're going to think he's next. In, like it, it doesn't happen, right? Like when these players come through, like it's the, the generational players, right? Like, yeah, you're going to find a good, a, a couple of players that are good, but more often than not, like kids that are coming through the Seychelles, you're going to have maybe one or two from every age group that are going to make it onto the A team. Like you're not going to, through like what Barca went through and you can you get yeah eight or nine like that is just like absurd like that happens once in a lifetime I don't think we, anyone can expect that and us as fans yeah we love the, that aura of oh he came through the Seychelles and a he's romance. one of us and yeah like it's nice it's a great fucking story but yeah. we're not gonna <laughs> it's not realistic we're not gonna no and we're not gonna like give him something just because he's a Seychelles kid like you have to yeah. fucking earn it. Like at the end of the day, like where they're there, like the teams, they're building a team to win the league. Right. And we're not just going to get some spot on the roster just because they're a say shock kid. Like you're going to build the strongest team. And if they didn't think he could come back and do something, then I mean, more power to them. I trust him. Right. Like more often than not, Benfica is right. When they let these players go, like how many say kids have left and come back to bite us in the ass. Like there's, yeah, you can point to Bernardo Silva and Joel Cancelos, but of the thousands that have come through the Seychelles, two <laughs> right off the top of the head, like that's pretty yeah. good fucking odds. If you tell, if you're asking me, like if we lose two great players of all the thousands that have come through the Seychelles, like okay, I'll take. I'll. It sucks losing those two players. I would love to see Bernardo and Joel Cancelo play for Benfica longer and on the A yeah. team, but. If you're telling me we're gonna lose two out of th- like a thousand, the thousands that go through, like it's a pretty good job that our, the the scout department's doing and, and the, the the team's doing. Exactly. And Dave says Celtics attacking pair is Jota and the former player from Maritu Mieda kind of says enough. Again, <laughs> like I think, and again, no disrespect to the Scottish league to the Scottish player. Like again, I don't watch it enough to have an opinion. But if you asked a hundred football fans across the globe right if they if you ask them to rank leagues in europe from one to seven scotland's probably not in that seven right if, if you went one to ten scotland probably isn't in one to ten 50 of the time right like that's just the reality of it. and again it's no disrespect to them celtic's a powerhouse in scotland they have a huge name across europe um but it's just a different league and not to say that scotland's league is much better than the Portuguese league or Portuguese league is much better than the Scottish league, right? The Portuguese league has still a lot to, to improve, but I just think it's a completely different level, right? There's going to be more internationals in the Portuguese league than there are most likely going to be in the Scottish league. Um, 
Jay says, I 100% disagree with you. Uh, I still think he has potential to be great. I wouldn't expect you to say anything else, Jason. <laughs> uh, one of our prom most promising players to come to Seychelles. He's 23. That makes a difference. Red Baron says, I, uh, yeah, Jason, he's 23, not 21. Come on. Um, Joaquin says, good win. I just think that Bonnie needs to start game sooner than later. Gilberto's okay, but Bob will give the team more options. Listen, Joaquin, don't be talking about Gilberto Carlos because he's going to be on the national team in Qatar representing the Canarinha. All right. So he's don't be running talking. that flank. Okay. <laughs> yeah. He's going to be, he's going to be like the new Cafu in Qatar in that heat. Um, Elder Andrade. Um, Benfica needs Arta and another winger. Yes, we do need another winger. Jay says, You guys didn't think Tina would come back either. We didn't. And fortunately, given Roger Schmidt's style, he fit in, right? He's a mobile player. He's got some some pace to him, something Weigel doesn't have. He's got a little bit more intensity, and it worked out for him perfectly. If Roger Schmidt wasn't the chosen coach, I don't think Tina would be a starter, at least. Maybe he'd be on the bench, but I don't think he'd be a starter. Tiago referring to Andrea Orta, or Ricardo Orta, Cavani 2.0. It feels like it. might it. be worse. <laughs> yeah. This might, might be, be worse. worse. Yeah, just I feel like there's more like rumor Cavani about it. Cavani is like a world class player, right? Yeah. Like when you look, like yeah, we would have loved to have a Benfica, but when you look at it, Benfica man you, like yeah, man you shit at the moment, but it's like it's still man you, right? Like it's not like what he was, what he's gonna make it man you. No chance Benfica was gonna be able to pay with yeah. Ricardo Horta, like Braga, Braga Benfica, like it, it's one of yeah. those. I think this is worse. I agree. Uh, Red Baron says, Larguem o Horta e tragam Marcelo Vitinha. He's going to go for a lot of money. Dave, there's a question for you. How much do you think Vitinha is worth? And do you think he's gone after this season? I know you're a Braga fan. And my other question to you is, uh, do you think Braga is capable of fighting for third place? I think that Braga, and again, this is early. This is on the internet, so it's out there in the world and it's not going away. But I'm going to go out on a limb here and say... I hope Paul's not watching because he's going to text me. He's going to get pissed off. But I'm going to say that Braga finishes third and Sporting finishes fourth, unless Sporting goes and gets some reinforcements. I think they lost too many good players and they haven't replaced them with adequate players. But my question to you is, where do you think Braga finishes? I think they've looked good so far, which I didn't think was going to happen under Tour George. Um, but they do look pretty good so far. Uh, Justin. Coming in hot with all these good questions. He's taking us all over the map. We're not even able to focus on our agenda. When Lucas Verismo comes back and is fully fit to start, how fast does Moratu or whoever is alongside Otamendi get dropped? What do you think, Bill? That's, that's, that's a good question. I mean, Verismo showed so much in this first, I mean, last year until he got hurt. Um, it's hard. It's Again, it's one of those things where, like, it's not broken. Like we've conceded two goals in uh, seven games. Here. Uh, so official games, we have six wins and six, 17 goals scored, two goals against four clean yeah. sheets, five wins like, in five non-official games, 17 goals scored, five goals against two clean sheets. So in official matches, we have four clean sheets in six games. Yeah. It's one of those things that like, again, it's not, don't, it's not broke. Don't face it. Right. But, yeah, it's it's gonna be that one's gonna be interesting because I think he's in the next few months. I think we'll we'll see him kind of ramp up his return. Uh, hopefully, he we'll see him training at the end of this month. Yeah, so hopefully, we'll see him. Kind of, I mean, we'll definitely see 
him in like the Tasa games. I think those games yeah. we'll, we'll see rotation. Um, yeah. But again, I don't know if it's one of the. I don't. I don't think you drop a player. I think Otamendi like has the potential of maybe taking a back seat because don't forget he's got the World Cup. Yeah. Right. Mid season. That's the that's thing. A this huge year, lift. This year, this everything changes with the fucking World Cup in the middle of the season. Like. Correct. Yeah, it it's, it's going to be tired legs. He's not young, and then there's there's rumors that he might leave after the World Cup to go back to Argentina, right? So, yeah. If I'm looking at it, I'm I'm probably more inclined to say by the time Verissimo is ramped up and in form and ready to go, if there's anyone coming out of the eleven, I'd probably be willing to bet that it's Otamendi because of those reasons, not because he's not right. good enough or he's not better than Morata, right, right. but because of those reasons to come out of the eleven, then maybe a Morata. Um, but again, time will tell. We also don't know how he's going to come back from the injury, right? He could, yeah, that's the thing. With, I mean, you don't know. I mean, for all we know, he might struggle is, with the injury, tricky. and then Jean Vito, right? Like, we haven't even seen Jean Vito, I don't know much about him. I know Joaquin right. maybe follows as the Brazil laid on better than we do. So, Joaquin, what's your thought on Jean Vito? Do you think you know where would you rate him in terms of who we have, and where do you think he falls? I think he'll give us at least a better opinion of, of what he's like, or anyone that's watching that you know follows the Brazil laid out. I don't have enough of an opinion on him to yeah. put him anywhere on the scale, unfortunately, but I've heard good things and about him. We haven't even seen him at all. Like correct. We didn't see him preseason. Like it's just yeah complete question mark at this point. SLB says, what's the deal with Paulo Bernardo? How is he getting so many minutes? How is he getting so many minutes? I'm assuming so few minutes. Is there something I'm not seeing? I mean he hasn't gotten many minutes, but I think comes, we I mean, can I think this is an easy one where we can say that Last year, we said the same thing. Again, if if he wasn't a player from the Seychelles, I think he would have received a lot more criticism last year. Again, he's young. The team wasn't confident. We weren't playing well, so it makes it extremely more difficult for you to come in and make an impact. With that said, I don't think he showed enough, just individually, in my opinion, to stand out. And I think he's a... a a good example of if we have enough depth of a player that could benefit from a loan at it to a team that he plays regularly, like not to go yep. on loan and not play, right? Like that's pointless, right? But if he can go somewhere yep. where he's going to play, I think he would benefit from that. I don't think he wants to take a step back and go back to the B team and be a regular there. Maybe it's an option, but uh, yeah, he, he's still one guy. That's a question mark for me, Bill. I don't know if there's anything else you want to add to that. No, I, I, I completely agree. I think last year we all had kind of questions if he was up to the skill level and had the ability to be playing on the A-team. I, I, I didn't see it, but again, the circumstances around the team last year were kind of difficult for a player to come in and kind of make any kind of impact. But you would see glimpses from certain players of potential and for him from him he didn't not that he played but bad he played very he was very simple the way he plays which in the midfield is can be a good trait right like you don't want to overcomplicate things in the midfield but at the same time like you want to see something extra like be able to pick a pass from 30 yards out or be able to find that through ball to play someone in like we just didn't see anything from him. It, it seemed very get the ball, play it back, or play it to the side, like very like simple and, and not 
I don't know. It's it's hard to explain because he is young, but I just we didn't see glimpses of I didn't see glimpses of anything. And I agree. I think he would have if if we bring in the the Norwegian guys coming in. If we get someone else like a Horta, I think he would benefit from the loan spell to to like a mid table team in the Portuguese yeah. league. <laughs> Jay just said Chavs. I I, I wouldn't <laughs> yeah. disagree with that. I think Paul going Vermont to a team, to team like that. Team yeah, like where there's that, less pressure and it allows you to like play freely exactly. and you can you can play. And we saw we're seeing it with um, was it uh, Govea? He went yeah, to Soril. Soril, and he's yeah. starting and he scored yeah, over the weekend. Scoring, like he playing well. He's getting playing time, and that I mean, yep. when you're young like that, you need it's important that playing time, right? Agree. Uh, let's run through these quickly. We're over an hour here, but we got a lot of questions here, so I just want to make sure that we got to give the people what they want, Bill. Dave says, does your club have a goalie issue? I think that's an easy one. Currently, we do not. If Odisea leaves, we do. We potentially <laughs> could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a question mark right now. It's a, That one's pending. Currently, I don't think we do, and we've all shared our opinions on Odisea. But if he leaves, and with such a short time frame, I think we potentially do. But time yep. will tell on that one. But Dave, if you want to send Mateus over, I'm a fan of his. He, you know, he he's very good at controlling the space and behind the defenders. Very good with his feet. So you know, if you want to, you know, give us a helping hand, I, I'm not going to be too upset about that. Uh, SLBS says Portuguese league is much better than the Scottish league. Come on, I mean it is. I'm not saying that it's not. But the Portuguese league also isn't like people don't, you know, get excited to wake up at 7 a.m. in the morning to watch the Portuguese league, right? Like that's just not the reality of it, right? Probably don't do that to watch the Scottish league either. But in comparison, if I had to weigh them both on a scale from one to 10, I would say competitiveness, right? 10 being the Premier League, um, you know, zero being, again, no disrespect, the Faroe Goodbye. Islands professional league. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, I would say the Scottish League is a three. The Portuguese League is a five and a half, right? Like, I don't think it's significantly better, but I think there's more quality of player because of Benfica, Sporting, Porto, and now Braga and Guimarães, right? But, like, I think we have more big teams, big names than the Scottish League is, right? Like, most people are just going to know uh, Celtic and Rangers, right? Um, so I agree that it's better. Is it significant? I don't know. Joaquin says, no way. It's Emerson Royal and Rodine from Flamengo. Dude, put Gilberto Carlos in that right there because Emerson Royal, he plays for Spurs. He's iffy. You don't know what, what you're going to get from him. Um, Gilberto Carlos, man, he's an option. Um, Elda said 30 million, no chance. I already forgot what that might be related to. Maybe uh, Ricardo Orta transfer cost. <laughs> I'm not sure. I think it was... Um... Who's the other Braga player? Oh, Vitinha. Vitinha. Yeah. I think 30 million is not Cheap. out of the equation, I think, too. They just sold Cheap. the Vicarmo for 20. If he goes plus outside like, of Portugal, dude, they plus sold like 10 bucks for ten, plus Porto, like 10 bucks for every win, right? Or something like that, whatever it Porto, was. Porto sold Fabio <laughs> Silva for what? 40? 40. And now yeah, he's and now he's and now he's kicking kicking the can around in Belgium, and people are like, "Oh my God, he scored four goals in four games!" Like, fucking talk about the Scottish league. Let's talk about the Belgian league. Fucking name me three teams in Belgium. Come on, 
serious. Um, Joaquin says the top teams from Portugal are better than what is considered the top Scottish teams. Yes. Portuguese league has way more talented players than the Scottish one. Red Baron, from what I see from Roger, he will have to earn his spot. I agree. Jason says instantly Verissimo is our best center back when healthy. It's a decent take. Verissimo has to earn his job back. He can't be a starter as soon as he comes back. Agree. SLBS Morato says Verissimo will take months to regain his form. Or Morato stays. Verissimo will take months to regain his I agree. Right. Like, And again, we don't know how his recovery is going to be. I think the uh, realistic about- expectation for Verissimo was. I think next season is like, or at least season. like after the world cup. Right. I think the end of the season, as long season. as he doesn't have any setbacks in the recovery. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Drinking says, what about three at the back? Morata, Verissimo, and Otamendi together. Yeah, but I don't Has think Roger ever, it doesn't, I don't, Roger, I don't uh, think he's ever played with three at the back. He may no. have further back, but I don't think that that style's going to fit. Um, and again, if it's not broken, don't try to fix it, right? Okay. I think the four four at the backs fits well. Um, he is solid. So this is this is our insider information on Jean Vito from Coach. He is solid. I've given him. I'd give him a chance for sure. Um, he played great for Corinthians, and he's young. He can be an Otamendi replacement. Verissimo will help him a lot because, let's be honest, we Brazi players are kind of lazy. So when we go to Europe, we have to adapt to the workload. I mean, don't go any further. Solinha. (laughs) And not to say that he didn't make an effort, right? But like I just saw earlier today that people were complaining that Benfica basically screwed Flamengo over and we gave them Solinha for how much they paid and he sucks, right? So like you just never know. Like it's a different environment. You may be good somewhere else and not so good somewhere else. Like it's just you don't know. So it's good to see that, you know, people that follow him have – uh, at least some good expectations for him. We did have some good expectations for Sublinia. It didn't pan out. Hopefully, Jean Vitor's. We've had some good luck with center backs, Brazilian center backs, over yeah. the years. Yeah. Carlos Moza, Ricardo Gomes, David Luiz, Luizão. Um, right. So we've had some positive uh, luck, uh, some fortune with, with Brazilian center backs at Benfica. So hopefully, Jean Vitor adds to that list. Um, Dave says, I do believe Vitinha and Benza each stay one more season after this one. Benza being the striker that came from Family Cow, if I'm not mistaken. Kid's crushing it right now. Both strikers press the central defenders very well and allow the wingers to find gaps and they didn't find in Caravajal's system. Yeah, they looked pretty good. I, again, I thought there was going to be a drop-off after Caravajal left. Um, I thought there was going to be a, a phase where Tujaj would have to get used to the big leagues. So far, so good. It's early days. Um, but the team definitely looks like they're playing with no handcuffs, right? Like they just go out and enjoy yourselves. And they definitely look uh, definitely threatening and, and a, a legitimate contender, at least for that top three, the third place spot. I don't think they're ready to compete for the league, but Jason says Elton late is fine. I don't disagree that he's fine, but again, I, I think we all agreed here last season as well. Like he's not, when you think of Benfica, do you think of a, a goalkeeper at the level of Elton late? And I was a big defender of his, Right, but if Audi leaves, I think we have, I think we have a problem at the goalie position. Uh, Joaquin says Porto Benfica and Sporting would beat Celtic and Rangers seven out of ten times. I'd probably say nine Set, out that of seven's ten. low. Yeah, it was a good, good low, low. <laughs> but I mean, it would be a good game. Um, Dave says twenty no agents. I'm assuming that's in regards to Vitinha. Um, 
makes a difference. No commission. Yeah, agents take a, a huge chunk. And Joaquin says, Mozart is a legend, a Flamingo legend. He is. And I think he's still involved with the club. I see him posting stuff all the time um, at Flamingo. And Flamingo's got Andrade, another former Benfica player coaching the female team over there. I wonder how he's doing. Um, all right, so we've run through all the questions here. But if you still have questions, keep them coming. I just want to touch on one more thing. We're not going to get to everything, but one more thing here, and I'm going to ask it to you, Bill, and to, to those who are watching, is we have 11 wins in 11 games with Roger Schmidt, six being official, five being preseason. And again, 17 goals scored, two against um, in official games, four clean sheets altogether. Um, 34 goals scored, seven conceded, six clean sheets in 11 games. Right, so we have more than half of our games clean sheets. And again, take it as you will. But let's focus on the the, the official games. So we've played Mitlen twice. We've played Dinamo Kiev twice. We've played Kazapia and Naroka. And a lot of the conversation, which is normal, is we haven't played anyone good, right? And we ran into this conversation, I think last year or the year before, and Oscar had, had harped on it. And I get it, but I feel like we're so conditioned to look at the negative aspect of it. Like, oh, we haven't played anyone good. Like, and we, we tend to like, look past the positives. Like, are we saying that Benfica is the champion already? No, but can we at least not look at it from a negative lens and say, sure. Have we played a Braga? Have we played a Guimarães away? No, but have we looked good? Yes. Have we played good football? Yes. Have we played bad? Yeah. Against Kazapi, I don't think it was one of our better games, but we, we managed to win, right? And you're never going to play a whole season and play good every game. Look at Liverpool start to the season. Look at Manchester United start to the season, right? Like every team's going to go through those phases and not play well. But how? what lens do you look through when it comes to this, they haven't played anyone good? And those of you watching, Give us your thoughts on how you look at this. Do you look at it from the they haven't played anyone good, or do you look at it from the we've played who has been put in front of us, and in those games we've done well. Have we won anything yet? No, but we look a hell of a lot better than we did last year. That's how I look at it. I 100% agree. I mean, you have to play who is on your schedule, right? Like, it doesn't matter, it doesn't make a difference if you're playing. Sporting the first week, or you're playing from Lake you have to play whoever's put in front of you, right? And I think the biggest difference from last year is how playing, not the results, right? Like last year, I think we were getting the results, but we didn't look good. And there was a lot of criticism of how we were playing and, and everything. But I think this year, the way we're playing, the way the team looks, the style of play, like there's a lot of positives to take from these games early on. Yes, we haven't played the Sporting, the Bragas, the Portos yet, right? But again, it's a schedule. Like, it's not our fault. That's the way the schedule came out. And we don't have any of these guys yet. We have to play whoever we have to play. And I think it's it's good to see that we can play a game, dominate a game when comfortably. We can also play a game where a team is going to sit back, compact, and it's not going to look – it's not going to be pretty and we're not going to win 6-7-0, right? I mean, we have to, like, fight for a result, and we can also do that. Like, it's it's 
it's very good to see that from the early on because we're going to have plenty of like that. The majority of the games we're going to play, you're going to see 11 behind the ball, 11 inside their own half. Like you're going to have to fight for a result and try to kind of pick your points the way you can attack and, and go for it. And, and there's a lot of positives to take from, from early on. I, I hate the whole approach of, well, we haven't played anyone yet. And, this is the same thing last year. Approach, right? Like, like it's, it's such a the mindset of like, Oscar, oh yeah, it's good, it's the, but you're gonna fall apart. It's the realist, right? Yeah. It's, as Oscar <laughs> would say, it's the realist approach. Like, <laughs> n- like I hate it. I absolutely hate it. Like, and again, you like you don't want to be like, you. you know, not everything is is glorious and amazing, right? Again, we're two games into the season, into the right. league. You, you know, we just played four games in in qualifications to the Champions League. Right? Like again, we're not champions. We're not the best in the world no one's saying that right but like there's there's positives to look at right so like let's not look at it from the negative lens of okay great yeah like oh we're beating Kazapia. oh we're beating aroka oh we're beating dinamo kiev who hasn't played a competitive game in x amount of time oh we're playing mitland who are they right like it's so easy for us to take that mindset as benfica fans or maybe even it's a portuguese culture i don't know um but it's constantly talked about i see it on social media we haven't played anyone good i think someone mentioned it in our whatsapp group today i think it was nunu i want to see what it looks like when we play someone good at our level and i get it right like but like these are the games that are going to help you be ready for those games right like look at sporting braga early in the season right like do you think that game looks the way it looked 10 games in probably not right it, it may it may have Right. But it might not. Right. Because it's still early on. You're still building that fluidity. You're still building that understanding. Players still aren't in that great form. Like there's a lot of things that play into it. So it like drives me nuts when people are like, oh, we haven't played anyone good. Wait till we play someone good. Like it's like you're waiting for that negative effect. Like, yeah. And then when cliff, we, as, yeah. And then someone would oh, say. when you play someone good and you don't win, you're like, I told you so. Right. Like it's that mindset of yeah. like, I told you so. I'm waiting for that. I told you so. Um, yeah. Joaquin says. Jason said he agrees with with us. As Joaquin says, you can only evaluate from the games that you have played. Nowadays, the results is even more important. I'd rather get three points against an okay team and not play great than lose to a great team, but play amazingly. If you want to be a champ, you can't lose points to mid-table. 100%. I'd rather play bad and win than play amazing and lose. Right? Like Playing amazing soccer is, is great to watch. Do I want to play boring soccer? Do I want to watch boring soccer? No. But if the end result is three points... Am I going to be frustrated that the game sucked? A hundred percent. Am I going to be happy that the result was a win? A hundred percent. Right. So you need to like pros and cons, but I agree, right? Like these are the games that you can't lose points. Right. And like, yeah. even though we haven't played a Braga, a Porto or a Sporting, we already have a point advantage to some of them. When you look right? at the, the season in the total, like right, when it gets to the end, you're not losing the league in the games where you're playing Porto Sporting, right? For you're the most lose part, the yeah. league. Typically, you're losing the league if yep. you're dropping points against the Eurovistas. Like, when you're dropping points against teams you need to be winning, like, that's when you lose the league. Like, the games against Porto Braga, or Porto Braga and Sporting, yeah, those are going to help your your campaign in winning the league. But more more often than not, like, if you drop points, then you're not losing the league. Like the games against all these other teams, that's where you can lose the league. Correct. 
Um, Red Baron says our team is playing much better and attractive soccer. Our defense looks solid and confident, and you can tell the fans' response to this team. I agree. The fans gotten behind it, but I will also say that I think part of the fans getting so behind the team is in part because JJ's gone. Like I feel like anyone that came after JJ, it was going to rejuvenate the the fan base. Yeah, and it also helps that we have a coach that's very offensive minded, right? But I think that anyone that came after him, unless it was like a name that people hated was going to generate a positive response from the fans because people were so against JJ. It was inevitable. Um, yeah. All right. Last two comments here. You can only evaluate. Oh, he already. Oh, you can only evaluate the games that we played. I'd rather get three points. He already said that. Oh, I think he just reposted the comment, but he was just mentioning Porto Braga and Sporting. Um, I will not accept a loss. The Porto campo. I can't take another loss. I agree. It's frustrating. <laughs> um, winning the league won't be enough. Need to beat Porto soundly. I agree, but I'll ask you this, S-O-B-E-S. If I told you today that Benfica wins the league and you lose both games against Porto in the league, Sign you me take up. it. <laughs> Sign me up. Exactly. I agree. Sign me up, too. I mean, yes, we want to beat them. but at the I want to the beat day, them, of course. But if we're winning the league at the end of the, at the, end of the season, I don't give a fuck. 100%. I agree with that. Um, all right. We're 19 minutes. Well, four minutes over typically we want to go 60 to 75 minutes so we're already in stoppage time four minutes extra uh jason says great podcast fellas um want to thank everyone that was in the chat we had a lot of comments a lot of interaction which is which is what we which is what we look to do um right jason's great work share and subscribe um right we have an agenda that we come into it but if you guys are on the other side asking questions joining the conversation it makes it more fluid um we don't have to go through the agenda right we want to have that conversation and and make it a conversation and and not just kind of go through what we want to talk about right we want to make sure that you guys feel heard and know that we're listening to you guys and not just you know you're there and we're putting comments on the screen but we're not really paying attention to it and i think we got to everyone's comments and and hopefully we didn't miss any if we did um do let us know um as always uh, don't forget to check us out on facebook instagram twitter youtube and tiktok um you know we're getting close to uh we just surpassed twenty six thousand on facebook uh we're trying to hit our first thousand on instagram and on uh youtube uh twitter we're at about 1300 uh, so altogether, we're we're over twenty seven thousand across the board which is positive but our goal um, at the beginning of the season was to hit 30,000, at least on Facebook. Um, by the end of the season, I think we're, we're in a good position to hit that before the end of the season for sure. Um, SLBS says, good night, fellas. Have a good one, guys. Go Flamingo and Befica. Um, as always, thank you guys for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back next Tuesday, uh, hopefully with a win over Boa Vista. That was our banana peel uh, last season, if I'm not mistaken. Hopefully that's not the case this time. Um, Bill, as always, a pleasure. Don't forget to check us out. Subscribe, like, follow, all of the above. And we'll be back next week. Viva Benfica and have a good evening.